With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Good evening, it is the Day Trippers. I have just spat a load of seven up around the kitchen to Andy's intro music. Um, it, is, it, is, it is the club, it is a Monday night for those of you who were uh, hoping to tune in and watch the Transfer Anfield Agenda podcast, that is for another night. <laughs> but we've got Andy in tonight who's been also moonlighting on that other show. So Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, feeling, uh, feeling like a, a good chat about uh, nothing to do with transfers. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, we'll yeah. we'll sneak a little bit in, but we won't. We won't. The the main points won't be around transfers. No, look, this it's, evening, it's, yeah? it's completely uh, unavoidable, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah at this Everything's at this moment true. in time, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and and Gar Breen, we've got Gar in tonight. How are you doing, Gar? Hey, how are you, Pally? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Massive time delay there from the other side of Dublin. (laughs) 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 Oh, joking! Oh my god! Can you hear me? (laughs) You hear me now? Yeah, yeah. But playing (laughs) starting. Sorry, sorry. Someone's having me on here, yeah. Right, just because I haven't been in the host chair for a few weeks. But uh, look, we we, t- we took a bit yeah, of uh, yeah, it's just here to give us your Eurovision points from Luxembourg. <laughs> God, here's that Luxembourg. <laughs> oh my God! Right, he's he's definitely on the wind up here, lads. Right. Um, so look, we've took a little bit of a break, um, but we are back tonight. Uh, Ray, your host in the chair, um, and what we'll cover off tonight, we'll we'll start off having a bit of a discussion about last night's uh, BBC documentary because I've actually uh, just watched it this evening, um, and it was a great ninety minutes. I'm sure plenty of people 
who are watching, listening, uh, will have watched that uh, last night. Um, we'll 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 discuss a few other points around that in a bit more detail. Uh, we'll then get on to, I guess, um, what was um, the charity shield uh, result at the weekend, uh, and we'll look forward to the uh, to the upcoming start of the season. Um, fortunately, we got this uh, international break in the middle of everything now to to, to spoil uh, all our fun. But um, look, I'll start with you, Andy, because Gar has um, lost his <laughs> lost his connection um, <laughs> from that particular part of Dublin, um, and we've got plenty of people in. Um, we've got plenty of people in on the chat. Um, people, like Chris Brack asking as Gar borrowed Grizz's laptop, um, as we know, Grizz uh, generally has issues with his internet, but it's uh, Gar's turn tonight. Um, so, Andy, um, let's start with the uh, documentary last night, the BBC uh, documentary, um, and 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 you know the 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 past thirty years um, summed up in ninety minutes. Really enjoyed it myself. Uh, it's actually quite an uplifting experience, really, um, in some ways. Um, one of my big takeaways, and we'll get probably round to that at some point um was really just the kind of the contrast really um for as much as the current owners get criticized the kind of the non-fsg era versus the fsg era um and you actually have to shake your head and wonder uh, you know who these people are who are who are on on the owners uh, backs right now but what was your what what were some of the things that you took away from the documentary yeah, um, what stood out most to me was was how incredible it was that they could actually squeeze those 30 years into 90 minutes. And uh, memories came flooding back because, you know, well, most of us that are old enough to to remember um, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, you only needed them few minutes for each few years to kind of remember everything and it all comes flooding back. And to realise just how better off we are now. Um, just how painful some of them years were. And, if, you know, if you weren't around to experience all them, you probably just didn't get too much of an, an idea of how bad it, it was. I mean, it didn't really illustrate how painful those Hill, uh, Hicks and Gillette years were. Uh, it didn't really illustrate how bad the soonest uh, days were. Hmm. I mean, it just the way it describes Seunas. He came in and he was um, he was a little bit of an outsider to everything that had gone before, and you know he made a few mistakes and that was it. But boy, God, like that was that was painful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The mistake he did make, um, make like dragged the club back years. Um, he had a big job to do. He had a lot of big decisions to make. I don't hold it against him because it was a was a massive job, a bigger job than than any of them, anyone that's come in after them, really. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just it was just the, the time, uh, you know, the 90 minutes that they were able to tell that story, really, was what was kind of stood out most to me. But, um, yeah, brilliant. You could actually do 90 minutes on various segments of it. You could do 90 minutes on the Sooners a few years. You could do 90 minutes on, on Evans and then Julia coming in with, you know, it's math. It's math. It really is. 
Yeah, comment coming in there. That guy's got a massive hand. Um, at least he's back. At least he's back with us. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 it 30 years, you know, it, it was, it, it was a long time coming, but I, I guess reliving, you know, some of the low points on the pitch, uh, off the pitch, you know, the, the, the Heisel and Hillsborough, um, parts, you know, were, were, you know, sort of brought a lot of, uh, bad memories back. And, and obviously you think about the toll that took on, uh, the players, um, and the whole club, uh, going into the nineties. Um, and I guess, um, where you're saying there around Sunas and, 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 and then the low points that followed, um, I guess the thing then at that point for me was, you know, the, the owners as well. Um, the, the club just got left behind massively, didn't it, by uh, things that were going on around the formation of the Premier League, all the money coming into the club, uh, sorry, into the league, uh, uh, and and other clubs such as Manchester United stealing a march. I mean, Gar, I mean, at that point, really, we did, it, it did highlight uh, really the, the start of what was a painful period, didn't it? I think uh, Sean in the comments and, and Darren have, t- uh, have touched on something. Listen, we weren't in a position at the time, and it's Hoyne's it, so it's a great thing to look back on uh, with, with Moores at the time. And you know, mm-hmm. we weren't we weren't as open to, I suppose, the, the we weren't things back then weren't as public as you know ownerships and who's bidding for clubs. It, it wasn't as public back then. Let's be honest. Uh, social media wasn't around at the time, so it, it was a whole different era for for everyone. And we would have heard, heard it in, in, in papers, etc. Um, but as Paul, it was probably uh, it's probably a really hard thing for David Moore's lads. Um, so it, it's it's a really double-edged sword for him, isn't it? Because you know he's he's so much love love for the club, but yet he walks away and he's fucked up big time. You know, in, in where the club has gone. So it listen, it it, it very 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 hard decision. I'm sure. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to make the decision. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it did bring back, you know, seeing as Darren says there, you know, in hindsight, he did, he did have a lot to answer for. I mean, when, when, when other clubs were getting their acts together, particularly off the pitch, um, on the marketing side, um, you know, we would, we would kind of just stuck, you know, in, we were just left behind. We were kind of in the dark ages by the time we got to the end of the nineties in, in, in some respects. Um, and, you know, I think some people met, oversimplified the fact that, you know, Old Trafford was a bigger ground and all that sort of stuff. But there was so much more that was going on that, that we were just, we just, we were just, you know, we just weren't really capitalizing on what I guess what we are now, which is our, our brand and the value associated with the brand of, Liverpool Football Club, which which would have been so high in the nineties, but um, one of the other um, points that's being raised on the chat was um, it, it it just it brought back then when we moved away when we sort of started to move away from the old boot room um, and we brought in Julier that that madness Andy of the joint managers um, the Julier and Evans and I thought it was quite interesting you know uh, Roy Evans essentially, um, and there was a reference from Julier as well saying, you know, Roy wouldn't be the type of man to stab anyone in the back. But then at the same time, kind of Roy Evans insinuating that Julier certainly stabbed him in the back. 
Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> Julier was ruthless. And he he came in and probably looked around the club and says, what's going on here? You know what I mean? He he was out to see what was going around uh, football and in the continent and things about, like, you know, diets and training methods. And there was so much change <clears throat> had to happen. So I suppose and <clears throat> they tried to explain why they, they didn't just sack Evans and they, they brought him in. There was there was so much love for Evans and, and people liked the style of football that he was trying to play. Mm. But they also realised that there was wholesale changes needed and they probably needed someone with an iron fist to come in and they took a risk, I suppose, uh, or maybe they bottled it, um, where they could they could uh, ease someone else in to make the hard decisions and still have the happy Roy Evans thing. But, I mean, that was just a small part of the story, and I totally agree with the lads about Moore's having a lot to answer for. It's highly critical to say that they should have just sold and they should have had the vision. They didn't have a crystal ball. But it was, it was quite clear... Um, with the introduction of the Premier League and how things were going uh, commercially, that they hadn't got the means to compete. And mm. they were the businessmen, no matter what decade it was, would have had forecasting going on, would have been looking at uh, the picture in the next 10 years. And they should have sold earlier or they should have listed the, listed the club like Man United did. Money had to come in, and FSG, what I admire most about them is they're making up for pretty much 20 years uh, of uh, commercial ground lost. Um, but, um, yeah, Julia was kind of the beginning, I think, of the the changes that were required um, on the pitch, on the training ground, in the canteen, uh, in their social lives, yeah. it was it was a kind of a marker that was laid down that that kind of began began us on our way, and unfortunately, other things got um, interrupted along the way. Then as well with Hicks and Gillette, but I have a lot of respect for Julier for the, for those big decisions he had to make. Yeah, and and I think you know it was touched on as well. Obviously, his 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 health scare, you know, something that a lot of people don't actually survive from, um, you know, and I'm coming back, feeling obliged to come back, you know, three months later from that. Um, and the comment, you know, on the documentary about him never being the same again, I guess we'll never know if what he started off um, creating and, and the, you know, the success we had in 2001, whether he would have gone on, because uh, it was only really a short time after that 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 you know that that happened. So um, who knows? I mean, there, there was I guess there was there was a lot of different crossroads that became apparent in that um, in that documentary, and obviously one of them was um, Gillette and Hicks and 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 Gar. That really was you know one of the one of the low points as well, wasn't it? Over the last thirty years, at a time when we had such a fantastic oh, manager who was kind of at the peak of his powers as well, wasn't he, in, in Rafa? Yeah, and just and just before you move on there, there's one thing that a lot of people forget in that time that uh, Julier was, was uh, was Phil Thompson brought us through a, a magnificent run of form and that, if I remember rightly, like, mm-hmm. he'd done an incredible job while, while Julier was out and he never got real credit for that at that time. So I just wanted to obviously 
touch on that really because it's never something you really hear about. But Phil Thompson done an absolutely magnificent job at that time. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Tomo, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, t- Tomo's Tom Tomo's one of those, um, one of those ca- you know larger than life characters who who you know lives and, and breeds Liverpool Football Club, and um, yeah, I mean, um, one of the things uh, David Walsh there picked up uh, picked up upon yeah. was uh, Julie taking credit for <laughs> for Istanbul in some. Roundabout way there being a bit naughty. Um, <laughs> you're back. You're back. Notions. I read that. I read that yeah, before. Yeah. Not- I just there. Uh, I said I'll pop out and back in and see if we can sort out the bit of connection issue going on here. Um, yeah, that comment. It, it, it was a bit. It was a bit naughty. <laughs> yeah. And he even said. Uh, he even said that like the players still loved them. <laughs> you know, which is unusual. Like for. For someone <laughs> to speak about them themselves like that, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was uh, it was certainly a bit mad. But um, I mean, the one thing that it, it you know that that kept yeah, being that, highlighted. What you said in regard to Hicks, yeah. Yeah, what you said about Hicks and Gillette at that time, and um, you know, the dirty they did on Rafa. Rafa obviously caught, you know, had called him out a few times openly, and mm. and, and then that began obviously the his the boys the boys at the end of the, when they obviously shafted him got rid of him. Yeah, yeah, and um, Darren making a comment there that that Julia became very very paranoid by the end. I mean, there was that um, that that press conference where you know he, he had his own kind of. Uh, go at the press and kind of stormed out at the end of it when uh, when he was talking about uh, people wanting to take the club back to the 60s and 70s, but you won't be doing it under me. Um, and, and, and you know, look, uh, by, by like at the end of the day, as with any kind of manager, really, that's uh, left us. Um, you know, it's always got to that kind of stress point, hasn't it? Um, and, and, you know, the one thing... Yeah. That I think probably universally we were like, oh God, was when we had, when we had to enjoy enjoy uh, Roy Hodgson's face for about thirty seconds in that documentary. But thankfully, that's about all that was given to him. Yeah, <laughs> Great, very grateful to the to the editors and the producers of that show that they actually did that because. There was quite a few people on, on Twitter commenting, I actually forgot he managed us, you know. <laughs> it, really, it really was uh, a period of time where we've all tried to blank from our memories. It was such a misfit. It was so on Liverpool. Like, even even though mistakes have been made along the way and, and how things have uh, happened and evolved, most managers kind of played a part in the story of where we are now. But Roy Hodgson didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so random. Yeah. Hell. I think, I think it was great that like they kind of basically summed up as ma- you know, as manager, um, his managerial period by kind of signing an autograph outside the ground for a little kid. That was about as important a thing as he, as yeah. he did in the time that he was at the club. Um, but, um the one thing I kind of, I'm just thinking back now, they didn't give much uh, mention of uh, Ronnie Moran. No, 
No, no. In fact, I don't even think Ronnie Moran was. No, was no. no you're, yeah, yeah, I mean, he stood in a couple of times. Um, <coughs> uh, I think for for Hulier's heart attack, wasn't it? Mm. Is that when he stood in? Um, oh, that was Tomo. That was Tomo. I think that was Tomo. Yeah. So yeah. Ronnie. No, Moran I think was, Ronnie Moran Tomo, stepped in it? when it was before, uh, uh, Sooner. Sooner. for Sooners. Yeah. Sooners. Yeah. 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 The season we got to yeah, the cup final. Yeah. The season we won the cup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely should have got a mention. He should have got way more. Uh, I know Hodgson got thirty seconds, but Ronnie mm. Moran should at least got uh, a few minutes. You know, yeah, yeah. And Tomo um, as well. Tomo as well. Like you forget these things. Like you know, such a it's such a story. You know, and yeah. I, like I said, I think they, everybody played their own part. Do you remember back? Hey, do you remember back at that time at, at the Hodgson carry on? When Carragher and Gerard kept constantly coming out in the press and saying, "Give him, leave him, leave him, give him his go, give him his go, give him his go," and they mm. kept kept on to the hilt. Yeah, I suppose. Like at the end of the day, it was in no one's interest really for that to to turn out to be a disaster, was it? You know, like a new manager comes in, um, the, the, you know, you want to try and give someone a bit of time, and it, you know. Uh, and when it did become apparent that it just was a complete mismatch, then, you know, and, and by the way, I thought, you know, uh, without, without going over the top, you know, I, I, I think they were, you know, they were very right to point out that, you know, uh, Kenny will be, there was a lot of criticism about, you know, Kenny's second stint, but I think they were right in given calling that out as an important kind of period to, to, to heal those wounds that are being created at that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, you remember so clearly when, uh, when Kenny came back, it was, it was, um, it was everything we needed at the time. Mm. We, we, the wounds are so deep. Uh, um, <laughs> we'd lost so much identity in six months. It was mm. incredible. And, mm. you know, I, I keep going on about it, but everyone had their own uh, part to play in the story. Others like Sammy Lee, Ronnie Moran, that didn't get mentioned. They all had little parts to play and Thompson. But he, he just was completely opposite to any anything that resonates with Liverpool and the city. Um, some of his comments he made were quite Tory as well. And, and he brought in players who were so disrespectful um, to the club. Konchesky was one. Mm. Um, like They were... Just, Disgusting times, <laughs> um, uh, you know it's it's, it's hard, and I, I was sort of was a short short period of time, but but fuck me, <laughs> it was quite it was difficult. Yeah, I mean we've seen United go through them those kind of you know that kind of turmoil in some ways with Moyes, and we've seen it from the other side, and you know I'm sure that like, we were reveling in in their downfall, I'm sure plenty of people were reveling in those six months that we were kind of put through the mill. Um, but, but obviously we, we've come out the other end of it. Um, Rogers claiming we'd have won the league with VVD. Um, as someone's mentioned in the chat was, was quite a comical moment. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with him. Um, I know, but he's, uh, he's it's oversimplified. It's oversimplified matters, really, isn't it? I mean, he, he's 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 quite the man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can understand why so many people don't like him. Uh, is this ego that he has? 
you know, celebrations with his arms out like Shanks, um, floating around his office. The, you know, the the David Brent type comments, you know, <laughs> uh, it's all part of the dance and stuff like that. Like he, he really, really fancied himself as the second coming. But, uh, you know, the, the, the mixed the mixed reaction, I'm reading some of the comments there, Roger. Yeah, fake. fake. Butler, from uh, about, yeah. Uh, you know, you hear you hear him being called a coward and you hear him being called all sorts. But come here, like he gave us belief again. Um like people will say, well, it was Suarez. It wasn't just Suarez. He got storage playing good football. He had Sterling coming up as a youngster. I know he, he fell out with him in that program. Yeah. But he still had him playing some great football that 13, 14 season. He had Henderson playing brilliantly in the holding role. I'm sorry, Gerard played in the holding role that season. And uh, Henderson was so good, box to box, and you know right. it wasn't just yeah. about it wasn't just about Suarez. Suarez played a massive part, but he was he was the one that had to get uh, Suarez so hungry too. Um, so I'm playing the right position and play the right formation, set up everything. I'm sure if we had a centre half like Van Dijk, then we we probably would have won the league. You know. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, Sturridge's contribution that season went went very underrated in some ways because he was kind of, you know, Suarez sort of outshone him in some respects, and obviously he had Sterling who was up and coming. Um, but I think I think overall, even you know, not just that season, but overall, Sturridge he just didn't connect with the fans in a certain way. That 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 meant you know, I, I remember commenting back. Then about the fact that you know you never you never heard the cops sing Daniel Sturridge's name. You know what I mean? It was it was all about Suarez. It was all about Sterling. Obviously, Gerard Carragher and 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 some of the other you know sort of characters in the team. But um, he was certainly a big part at that time. But obviously, um, we move on, and the moment Klopp comes on the screen, I, I'm not I'm not going to lie. You you couldn't stop putting a big smile on your face, could you? You really couldn't, Andy. What an what an entrance. Yeah. In the, in the black suit, he's just standing there. And uh, yeah, you you just you just can't beat the feeling that that man uh, gives you. The, the feeling he brings into a room and he's even on the telly. You know? Like yeah. even even my missus sitting there like oh isn't isn't he yeah. just so great? Like yeah. He could be he could he could lead anything. He could be a politician he could be the CEO of a massive, massive corporate. He could do anything. Like he's just got one of those personalities full of charisma, and he's actually he's actually uh, too intelligent for football. Mm, but it, mm. but but football is where his passion is. And uh, one of one of my favorite things he said he said last night, and that was about him that uh, he's he's a relationship type of person. He he wants to inspire and he wants to be inspired. He mm. wants to be to love and he wants to be loved. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that um philosophy could work in a, in any walk of life, in any in any industry, in any sport, mm. in in any family. Yeah. Uh yeah. and it, it's 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 a great way to look at life and he doesn't just say those things, they're not sound bites. He goes into a dressing room and he makes people believe that every one of those players is now thinking along them lines. That's why he's given uh, the club, the city, and it's it's such a it's such a marriage made in heaven. Uh, and 
there was quite a few good comments from you know the different people that were on last night talking about exactly how how um how they feel about them. It's more than just it's more than just football. Yeah, that I mean, God, that you know, some of the things you that never, Andy's you never, you never talk. What's that? Sorry, God. You never hear ex players, ex players, or you never, you never hear ex players or lads he sold on having a real go with them, do you? No, no, and I think you know, you know what, came, a, what what came what came. Yeah, what came across last night really was, um, I mean, for Klo- from from a from a perspective of Klopp. You can't what he gives you like money can't buy that. You know what I mean? Like you've either you've either got those um, you you know you've either got those characteristics or you haven't. Um, you know there was comments about Rogers being a fake and and this that and the other, but like you can't you 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 can't fake those qualities that that Klopp brings to the club and um, you know he. he, he I think in hindsight, um, and, and there was the talk of, you know, the, the kind of secret meeting in New York uh, that led to his appointment um, and someone, you know, bringing his availability to the attention of uh, John Henry. You know, whoever kind of, whoever made that kind of suggestion and, and kind of made that happen, you know, ultimately we've got, everything that has gone on since to thank for, uh, because without that, I think, you know, we could still and more likely would still be waiting um, for that elusive league. Would you say so, Andy? Yeah. Sorry, Ray, you broke up there. What did you say? What was I was just question? saying, it, essentially, if, you know, that those meetings never happened and, you know, someone didn't say, look, picked up the phone to John W. Henry and told him that, this man Jurgen Klopp is available. Um, if those chain of events never happened, we we most likely are still waiting for this league, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, what what other thing? There was other parts of the the documentary last night, which which you could look at it that way too. I mean, if if Rogers didn't go from challenging for the league to falling out, uh, chasing for Champions League, to going in going into the Champions League and playing uh, a second string team away in Madrid. Like all those chain of events led to the the thought process that led to we need to this man has brought us as far as he can possibly bring us. We need to bring in a big name here. And I remember at the time thinking that uh Jose was a more likely candidate, Ancelotti as well was available. And I just thought the like Klopp it's too good to be true. He's gonna get He's gonna get a, you know, he's gonna get a city job, or he's gonna get the United job, because that was going too, in the round then. But um, yeah, we have to give we have to give the people uh, that FSG put in place the credit to to actually make it happen. And I, I maybe the club didn't need too much selling. I know there was a comment last night where uh, his son came to watch. Uh, game at Anfield and and went back to the family and says you just you wouldn't believe how together that place is the fans you know the fan the, the whole city um that it you know it was it was it was an atmosphere that was quite similar to what they had going in Dortmund so I wouldn't have known it at the time but that was an that made it in a really really attractive uh, prospect for Klopp. And I just think that 
it was when it, the time was just so right for everyone. You know, mm. Klopp was out of job, and and Liverpool Liverpool needed needed someone to come in to bring us on the next that level. Yeah, and Aunt Dick, Aunt Dicko says there that uh, obviously the six-one defeat at Stoke kind of you know that that was a big moment as well. You know that that kind of I think you know that's when the seeds were planted really in people's minds that that he had taken us as far as he as 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 he could. And uh, I know there's a lot of debate then um, before the next season started about whether he should <clears throat> whether he should stay or go. And obviously he built up that credit in the bank Rogers. Um, so look, it's all about timing. And, and if maybe if we'd have sacked Rogers then and we'd have made our move, obviously Klopp had already promised his family some time away from the sport. Um, and if we'd have gone after him in that summer, we probably wouldn't have got him. He probably, you know, he wouldn't have had any time out to really kind of consider coming back um, so soon. And it was probably the, those four months that, that, that were needed to, 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 to be able to, uh, to bring them um, to Liverpool. Um, what One thing I'll start with you, Gar, and then I'll come on to, to, to Andy, but on this one, but um, it almost, um, it, it made you kind of feel emotional almost about the future when we don't have Jurgen Klopp at, at the club, didn't it, Gar? Yeah, it's it's going to, I suppose it's not worth thinking of at the moment, is it really? It's uh, it's a scary thought, I suppose. It, lads, don't forget, it could have been Roberto Martinez at one stage as well, along that uh, historical line, when uh, a, a Florida moment. So, uh, th- thank God that never happened, I suppose. But now, mm. Ray, you, you don't know what's going to happen down, you know, the uh, the pool of, you know, uh, top class managers is not what it used to be anymore. Let, let's be honest here. Um, and after Klopp goes, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of Twitter speculation who, who it could be, I suppose. But, uh, I, I don't want to think about it for the moment, right, to be honest with you. Um, because there's not a lot, there's no one out there who could replace him in my eyes. Um, mm. in, in current football, I suppose if you want to go to Germany, um, you know, you, you can go after the Leipzig manager if you want, but he's still a young lad as well, ma- making his way in the game. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a very, very tough talk to see who could replace him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think you know what. Gar's talking about there, Andy. Right now, it is the unthinkable, isn't it? You, you just can't. You, you 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 have to just say to yourself, "This is we're in the middle of a kind of potential dynasty here." So um, let's just concentrate on that. Let's not even think about who comes next. Yeah, look, there's there's far more seasons of them. Um, we shouldn't really be looking beyond that. That's the that's the job of the owners. And the people they have in place at the club for our succession planning, and I'm sure Klopp will play a big role in uh, his successor as well. I mean, that's mm. the way it should be. That's the type of man he is. He is building a philosophy around there. Uh, he's building on from our our philosophy. He, he's so he so he fits the club so well, but he's he's putting so he's putting something in place that's going to be long lasting. Um, what I don't like is people forecasting failure in five years time that just because FSG have a policy call it what you want sell the boy um, or you know uh, spend what we generate I mean that's how 
that's the way the world works. Mm. One out, one in. That's how every industry works. Um, sell or buy, you spend what you generate. I mean, they can only spend what they can generate or what they can secure in finance and loans. Um, what they're doing is all about sustainability and they've, they're signing the massive deal with Nike will enable them uh, to spend that little bit more. But don't forget, like, they are investing in the team. They've never sold appliances to the manager. No, you can't have that money. That's for our shareholders. They've never done that. Money that's coming in with win the Champions League and win the league is all being paid out, uh, paid out in incentivized bonuses. The players are creaming it because they're performing. They're meeting mm. their targets. Mm. And so that, that's where the money's going into big contracts, keeping big players like Salah, keeping big players like Van Dijk, keeping them um, money. Like, if you, there was a time when we couldn't keep these big players. Now we're keeping the players. Like, let's walk before we can sprint. The whole 10 years since FSG have been in, we've been building up to this. And I remember saying it at the time um, when people were giving out. Look at the positives. It's going in the right direction. And in four years' time, you would you got to hope if it carries on the same trend that our spending power is going to be greater as well. So it doesn't necessarily mean to be the exact same policy all along. It can't change. And I, what, I, what I miss about Klopp is his presence when he's gone. Like, that's what I'm dreading. I'm just dreading not seeing him on yeah. that bench, not seeing him in his press conferences. I, I've never enjoyed listening to a man uh, pre- and post-match as much or midweek or, as, or any bit of TV he does. He's just, he's just brilliant. We should be grateful that we've had him for four years and another yeah. four or five seasons. I mean, in, in this day and age, it's it's rare you see a manager hanging around for eight, ten years. Mm. He might even stay. You know, he's obviously he's going to review. We we thought he was gone after two more seasons. He, he extended for two two after that. So you never know. In four years' time, he could give us another season or two. But then again, maybe in three or four years' time, he won't want Klopp. So you have to look at it that way too. We have a team that's peaking now. And, you know, just play devil's advocate here for a minute. If Klopp doesn't um, plan to replace our front three and our midfield, because they're all in around the same age, Mm. I mean, that's going to fall on his head. Yeah. Not the owners, really. You know, he's the one steering the ship. He's the one going to say, like, you got to wonder, is somebody going to be sold at their peak value uh, just before they kind of their career kind of takes that down downward curve you gotta wonder like it, it'd be a big decision to try and sell uh you know flog Salah for over 100 million or money and bring in a 40 million version that's going to do them so will we see Klopp um will we see a second generation Klopp team that's good what you gotta ask yourself so who knows? Try not to worry about the future too much is what I'm trying to say. We might we might want them gone. That's that's how football can go, you know. Um just enjoy yeah. just enjoy this. Just enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, look at, at one thing, whilst it wasn't necessarily um spelt out you know, last night, it did bring back by sort of like thinking about the last 30 years, you know, what you're saying there, Andy, about players and the right time to sell players or, or you know, keep players. And you know, there was examples there of, 
of potentially Gerard leaving on two occasions. You know, the, the, you know, you look back and you, you know, you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you kind of sell certain players at certain times, if you sell a player at their peak, you know, and they, you know, and they go on and and still win things elsewhere. You know, you, you you get damned, and then if you sell someone like Sterling, for example, who hadn't peaked but he's gone on and won plenty of things, then you get criticism there. If you hang on to someone, but then they're on the wane, you know, and they're not the, the player they once used to be, you get criticism. So, I guess there's no there's no perfect solution to all of this. Uh, interesting comment from Free World saying the day Klopp leaves, I'll cry like a little girl. Um, there'll probably be uh, plenty of others who will do the same um, because no one wants to really um, get to that to that moment. But um, yeah, I mean, um, let me see. Um, Aiden saying, Andy's dead right. Um, enjoy this while it lasts now. Um, nothing to be gained too much about the future. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we, we are, we are where we are. Um, we can go on as much as we want about transfers and we will get on about, we will get on to transfers before we, before we wrap up, but we will move on to, um, I guess Saturday, um, and the charity shield, um, Look, I was annoyed. I don't like losing football matches in any way, shape or form. Um, the fact that there was some kind of shield or whatever um, is completely irrelevant. Although Julier counted the charity shield in his trophy count, I noticed on that documentary last night uh, <laughs> when he talked about his five trophies, which included the uh, charity shield. Um, so, look, we... I didn't think we were too bad on Saturday. I thought, um, I thought Arsenal, you know, I, I, you know, there were certainly no pushovers and, um, they were decent for the first hour. But I thought after that first hour in the last 30 minutes, I thought there really looked like only one team that was going to win the game. Um, and I think ultimately we were a bit unlucky not to win that game in normal time. Um, and the penalties, well, we'll get on to a bit of that in a minute. But Andy, overall, what was your what was your assessment? At, at, you know, I know some of the panic buttons were pressed in 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 Twitter land, but what was what? How did you come away from that feeling? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't really go onto Twitter after it because you know you just know what the reaction is. Sometimes it's just not the place to be uh, when you need to gather your thoughts after watching a game of football. Um, look, I remember last season. Uh, thinking it it was a big deal because you're playing against City and you're kind of laying down a marker. But it's there was no marker to be laid down playing against Arsenal because they won't be near us next season. I'd be surprised if they're within 25 points of us. So to me, it was just <laughs> the, the biggest loss there was the social media opportunity to throw that charity shield uh, onto the pitch <laughs> and, uh, and even uh, bring out the the European Cup and just say fuck it, let's, let's piss everyone off again and just say it was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you'd even quadruple our fucking uh, add an extra trophy on uh, just for the crack. That would have been good. Uh, someone asked me like the on Friday, you know, is the account as a trophy? 
do you uh, do you want to win it? And I was like, absolutely, that course, that's that that's a fucking that's a real trophy. And then the same person asked, well, do you still think it's a course that's any piece of shit? <laughs> it, really, it really is just a, a parody a parody uh, of a game, isn't it? You yeah. know, you, it's a head wreck. It really yeah, is a head wreck. It's a friendly game, and you're just throwing up this piece of silver at the end, like as mm. if it means something. Mm. You've you've won a friendly essentially, and more often than not, it's it, like it's it disrupts preparation for for managers because most of the time it's a week before the season starts, and they're just at, at the towards the end of their preparation. Yeah, and I've no doubt Klopp, uh, as he does before friendlies. I know he didn't call it friendly. Um, but I've no doubt he trained the bollocks out the, the day before at, uh, at four o'clock as well, just as he does before all uh, irrelevant games. So it's not a it's not a real um it's nothing to to try to measure measure by. It's good to see uh, Minim- if you want to take a real positive, it's good to see Minamino get his goal. Because yeah. I think he could be big for us this season. And I, and I think like if you look at his uh, integration with the team and he kind of was a little bit embarrassed around the podium when they were lifting the league you know now we can kind of talk about himself as being part of things if he gets if he stay if he starts contributing the goals he definitely has the ability and that, if that's a positive you know we can take away I'll, I'll have that yeah um gar um we know you're one for keeping an eye on um progress of of youngsters not just at our club but elsewhere um you had to feel a bit didn't you for Ian Brewster and and the situation he found himself in coming on with you know two minutes to go not getting a touch and obviously um specifically brought on to dispatch a penalty which he duly missed and we lose the shootout five but it was horrible and and to, to do that with the pen, I was just the keeper didn't even save. He just pings it off the bar. I was it, it was it was unfortunate, really. But listen, as Andy Andy's touched and as well, you know, Arteta went out to win that lads. You could see by the way they set up. You could see they got men behind the ball. There was times we had that ball camped in their half, and, and we just couldn't break them down. Um, Stevens just touched on something of a lack of fitness. I would say at this time of the year, and we saw it before the friendlies as well, the boys are leggy because they're doing, Andy touched on it, the intensity of those sessions at the moment in regards of running and fitness will be through the roof, lads. So then you're going into a game and, and, and you're leggy and you're, and you're tired. So it's not a lack of fitness. I would say that the boys are, are, are doing some really intense training at the moment. And, and a game on top of it, you know, is, is, is the just, it's just the icing. And um, for, for for some of these lads, it's just match fitness. It's just getting minutes in the bodies, and, and that's all it is. I would definitely not say it's a lack of fitness. Yeah, I mean Andy. Um, just going back to Minamino, uh, Christopher Slee says he gets ten goals and eight assists this season. Um, are you ha- would you be happy with that return? Absolutely, yeah. And I'll have them in fancy football team as well uh, <laughs> if that's the case. Um, that would be yeah, that would represent a really good season because effectively he's kind of coming in. I suppose uh, I mean he's only signed in January. He's coming in and maybe taking Lalana's uh, position, not position, but kind of place as someone who's gonna be gonna be always on the bench. And then if he's fit, he's gonna feature. 
that he's going to come on. Um, so yeah, I'll take that uh, amount of productivity. That would that would be certainly a good season for him. Yeah, and um, I thought you know I know what you're saying about Arteta, but I thought Klopp um, might necessarily have been uh, because it was the charity shield, but he was certainly pretty animated and pretty you know looked pretty disgusted at times with with how that first yeah. half and kind of the beginning of the second half was was unfolding, wasn't he, Gar? Yeah, that, that's what he's like, Ray. He's not there for for the G up. He wants to win games. He's he's like those fans. Listen, don't go near Twitter. I suppose any time before a match or after a match, as as we've we've learned over the last few years. But you know, Klopp's not going to want to lose that game, lads. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. He wants to win games, and you saw it. He was very animated at, at some of the passing. He was all right in the first half. You could see it at times. So he did to win games. But we do mm. have to take into consideration that these boys are doing huge, heavy sessions. Probably the day before, I, I can't imagine there was one uh, the Saturday morning. I would say there was a, probably a double session the day before. So without doubt, Klopp wants to win. They want to win, wants to win everything. Mm. He's not going to send lads out not to win for fuck's sake. Like people need to get an absolute grip on themselves. You know, these boys are doing really, really intense sessions around, and I know I'm pushing on it again, but. Have a bit of patience. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's fucking pre-season. It's a friendly. It's a five-side in the Astro with a little five-five quid cup thrown in. <laughs> uh, and look, um, look as the comments uh, are coming in, a few people pointing out. Look, at the end of the day, we lost the game on penalties, and look what happened um, last season when we lost the game on penalties, and, and what came after that. I mean, we we can't really take this. Um, too seriously, and 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 I guess it is a different, you know, it's a different type of preseason. We've seen very little of the of 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 the lads, um, and you know, we've we've a friendly coming up this weekend um, against Blackpool for the for the lads who aren't on um, international duty, um, and then obviously we're we're straight into it uh, the following week against Leeds. So um, before we get on to um, onto the madness and the last, uh, I guess the last sort of uh, 10, 15 minutes discussion, discussions transfer side of things. I mean, how are we feeling, Andy? How are we feeling going into that? What is a, a pretty testing first three games against, you know, Leeds a, a home who I'm sure be well prepared, well up for it. Um, then obviously we, 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 we see, um, We'll see what Chelsea and we'll see Arsenal again. Um, how how are you kind of feeling in though in 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 advance of those games? Yeah, it's it's going to be really odd. And I was saying it earlier. There's there's probably not a, a team in the league that's got that's so reliant on emotion as as we are uh, and the fans and and what what a, what that kind of brings to the players. Even the away support who are so noisy when they go away from home, it definitely G's up the team. 
So it's it's kind of hard. It's hard to predict, but it's you know the same account by the same account. It is the same for everyone. They are strange times. It's just a bit harder to predict what's going to happen. Um, I never really like playing a, a newly promoted team early. I know we played Norris last year, um, and we we won, but they did kind of give scared the shit out of us earlier on as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, Leeds are now push over, and you know you get you get beaten at Anfield on on the first day, even though there's no one on the ground, and all of a sudden people people are questioning absolutely everything. You know, it all comes crumbling down. So it's just it's just important that um that as much as as much as possible with the international break disrupting things they can prepare as best possible. Just go out there and win win that game. Get us ahead of City who don't play and uh, let them let them play catch up from the very beginning. So I think it's it's ultimately part we just win that game first of all. Yeah, Chris Brack um is is ultra confident of nine points, even put his score predictions in there. Three, one, two, one, and three nil in the first three games. I think we'd all take that. I mean, Gar, would you be as, as confident as that? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit less optimistic. I, I think amongst those three games, there's, there's, there's at least one potential sort of drop point scenario, um, without, without pinpointing which game that would be in. Yeah, it's, it's if Kieran's just touched on something there, and I, mean, I know he's having a, a bit of a laugh at City as well. But and Andy has said it a few minutes ago. You know the emotion that 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 our club carries, and and there are it's, it's very rare around Europe, and um, it's it's huge for us. And and you could see it obviously after lockdown, etc. And you know we we, spot, we we knew we won the league as positive at the time, but. You know, our, our fans do carry us a lot, lads, and, and we've seen it in major games in Europe. We've seen it in, in, in league games. We do rely on, on our 12th man, and you know, it, it's different for City. Totally different. It's not. It's not a stadium where you go, and you know, it's it, it's not intimidating. But Anfield is known for years. Teams have always come and said Anfield is so intimidating to come into, and they love going there, etc. So it's, it's it's huge that we we don't have fans in there, and I'd probably be with, with you on it. I think we're there in the side of caution. I, I would say about seven points in them for three games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you know, given that st- given those three, first three fixtures, I don't think that would be um, a total disaster um, in terms of you know, you, you're getting three pretty tricky games out the way early doors that that'd be another way of looking at it i think if fans were at anfield for that first game against leeds i don't think there's a hope that they beat us to be honest with you i think the emotion everything going with us you know winning that league the fans turning up again um i just think i just think you know i i could just couldn't see us um any any other result than us was winning that winning that game on the first game of the season, but with no fans in the stadium, it's you know it could be a slightly different kind of um, kettle of fish, really. Kev O'Sullivan saying eighty five points wins the, wins the league next season. Um, Kev, I, I I I was saying things like this at the the back end of us winning you know the league last season, um, albeit only a few weeks ago, but. Um, and I'm and I'm still with you on that. I mean, 
Andy, do you, do you, you know, if we if we if we say seven points, for example, in these first three games, yeah, um, and, and you know, dropping two points, not being the end of the world, if 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 ultimately we don't need to get to sort of up the hundred points mark again, uh, I, I mean, would you would you be a lot thinking along those lines? Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Kevin. Eighty-five points would have won the league this season. Mm. So, um, no reason to suggest. Like City have, uh, I know there's, there's rumours. Um, they've probably they're on the verge of signing Kubali, but they still have big problems at the back. They're still extremely vulnerable, and I think they've they've lost more than they've gained. In, in recent in, in you know with Silva gone and Aguero dropping off a bit more so I, they have to do a little bit more buying they have to do some panic buying maybe they'll still get messy <laughs> before uh, you know before they can kind of bridge such a big gap I think Pep's head is still is still quite quite fucked after the Champions League so I think 85 points 80 points if we, if we can do it probably will be enough but I'd still, still like to see us just start the season. Off, like, I mean, speaking the obvious here, but I'd just like to see us get a bit of a stretch ahead of City to let them to make yeah. them give up hope a little bit earlier. Uh, because if mm. we do dangle it, uh, the car out in front yeah. of them, they'll they want nothing more than to to take that title back. But um, with with the with how strange things are and, and essentially no home advantage. You could see teams losing at home. As you say, we would have never lost at home to Leeds, but it's a possibility that teams will lose at home and everyone expects it. Um, so, yeah, 80, 80 points, 85 points could be the new 90, 95 points. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I think you make a pretty decent point there around, you know, I, I, th- I, think, I think it was fairly evident last season at a certain point, kind of City give up the ghost. You know, they, 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 their overall mentality, you know, when it comes to adversity, they, they, you know, whether it be in specific games, in specific scenarios, or really just in that whole kind of season of trying to chase us down. I think if we get our noses in front, as you say, it will, it'll be worth kind of the equivalent of 10 points in itself, as opposed to us. Uh, trying to chase them down and think that they're kind of in the ascendancy from an early stage in the season. Um, I know we're, what, nearly an hour in, but I'm going to say please share the broadcast and smash the like button because uh, what we've got coming up in the next few minutes is probably what people have been hanging around for the last hour for, and that's going to be all of the transfer chat. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, so look, we we we'll have we'll have plenty of time um, over the next week or so. Gav will be um, at some point talking stuff uh, on the pitch rather than off the pitch, and we'll we'll get into more specific predictions um, next week. But I'll just ask for one um, prediction, Andy. Opening day of the season, Liverpool versus Leeds United prediction. Yeah, look. Uh... I see Karen B saying uh, Bielsa will have a, a trick up a sleeve. And I doubt he will. But uh, Klopp will have a few more tricks up his sleeve. I think it would be too much for them. I know they're doing a lot of spending. Um, someone was comparing our spending to theirs all over Twitter today. 
But um, no, we've still we've still far too much for for most of that league, and uh, I can't yeah I can't see us getting beaten. Yeah, I think I think if we just go out there and get the job done professionally, the season's gonna need to kind of show some different qualities from the team as it does normally. You know, we won't have the atmosphere to feed off. Yeah. But there's a lot of big personalities in that team, a lot of big leaders, um, and you know, fresh start now to defend that title. And hopefully by the end of the season we'll have crowds back in and we'll be able to celebrate it properly. We'll be able to get the 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 double-decker bus on the road this side or the far side of Christmas. But um it's just a, it's just I, ju- I just think we're still good we're still good enough. No, without, no matter what everything else is going on, we're still good enough to be fucking leads in the opening day. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two nil. Two nil Liverpool. And Gar, your prediction? Oh, I've got the same as Andy. I'll try and be a bit deep. I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. I just think that um, they will put a lot of men. Yeah, they will put a lot of men. You know, Viesla is known for, for, for his work ethic and his teams. Yeah, I see it being toy And I just think we can see it, but we win 2-1. Yeah, I think it'll be tight enough. I think it'll be entertaining. 2-1 probably going into the latter stages of the game and maybe we get a third one just to just to clinch it towards the end. Um but yeah, look, um that is that is still to come. Um as I say, we're an hour in. Um I think it was it was it Brian who asked, Are we going um are we going live to Grizz now for a um for a transfer update? Yeah, it was Brian Murphy who was asking the answer to that is no, Brian. We're not going live to Grizz. It's 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock is really the peak hour for Grizz to sell um, a lot of chicken uh, between 11 and 12 o'clock. So he really isn't available. It's all hands on deck um, <laughs> when it comes to Grizz's business um, activities at this time of night. So um, we will um, we'll come on to transfers. So, Andy, I'll start with you. It's the one that everyone wants to happen. Uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum out. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Tiago in. I mean, is, is, is that going to happen? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, change, I change my mind on it um, every minute of the day. Uh, it, it, seems to, it seems to be one of those that's so uh, talked about that it, it just has to happen, and if it doesn't fucking happen, people are gonna fly off, fly off the handle with it. With it, um, but let's be realistic: we don't actually need them as long as all our midfielders are there at the club. And we've Curtis Jones, who's gonna deserve some minutes this season as well. We need them when Ronaldo's contract wraps up at the end. We need another big player to come in. So what happens? What happens now or next summer, or whether there's a deal struck in January? When he's free to talk to other clubs, I don't know. Um, if another team comes into the into the mix to take him, I think Liverpool might have to act then because he is. He, he I know he plays a different type of midfield role than when Alan does, but I think he's he's an essential replacement with his experience, and we can move players around in that midfield as we know we've seen before. Henderson playing different positions. Um, it's not like uh, Fabinho plays the traditional hole and roll. He could play a bit further up midfield if if Thiago came in. I I do feel I do feel like we'll see him playing for Liverpool 
But I'm not sure whether it's going to be now or our next season when we get money free. FSG are, are they maybe they're trying to be over shrewd here and just mm. trying, you know, they don't want to spend the 30 million. But like you said at the start, if Ronaldo was to go now, if someone was to come in and put a decent offer in for Ronaldo, Liverpool are going to take it uh, because they they prefer not to wind his contract down. And then at that point, then the hand is forced and they just bring in Thiago. So it, it kind of depends on a few other things. Someone's yeah. saying, how can we say we don't need Thiago? Well, we don't. I mean, we have we have a midfield there at the moment that picks itself from Henderson, um, Fabinho and Ronaldo. They play 90% of games. And now we've, mm. uh, we've, we're seeing the fruits of Keita coming, out, coming through as well. We see Curtis Jones, who's going to play a bit of football. We've Milner, who's still there. Um, we've Minamino, who can play a bit of football in midfield. We've, um, we've uh, fucking Ox. Like, we don't actually need him. I mean, if, if Thiago came in, we've all them players for three for three positions. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that Minamino potentially is uh, going to provide some kind of cover or backup for, for the front three. But, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty, there is, there is plenty there. And at this, you know, I, I, I certainly won't be uh, losing my mind, but we, we certainly wouldn't want, for example, Wijnaldum to go and for no cover or for no addition to be brought into that midfield of a, of yeah. a, of a similar kind of quality. Would we go? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Genie goes, lads. Um, I think if he wanted to sign that contract, he, he'd have done it already. Uh, mm. I wonder how long this Koeman Barca thing has been going on as well. Um, mm. um, so it, it didn't go on the last last couple of months. I think it's gone on longer mm. uh, because mm. Barca have been awful to watch this season. Um, Thiago happens. Um, there have been other clubs interested in him. Uh, there's been another club that have been from him, I believe. Um, but I think Thiago happens with us. Um, I kind of disagree with Andy. Uh, he would be a crucial part of midfield three, just in the way he plays out differently. Um, in regards to teams who, who who defend really tight against us, he, he'll be a, he'll be perfect for us. And I know Andy has touched on Keita and, and Minamino, different type of players. But this boy is this boy is a player. Lad. He is in that world class bracket. And he does, he does add a lot to our midfield. Yeah, Gareth, the, the games I, I watch him we, in that are most impressive. We saw, we saw him in the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah. We saw him in the Champions League final and he's he literally pulling yeah. I don't know if you watch much of his league of games, but this guy literally runs runs the game from midfield and there's not many in Europe that yeah. do that at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but Gareth, the point I was going to make is when I'm most with, uh, impressed with Thiago, he is in them massive games where... Uh, Teams come out at their their top quality teams where they come out of their own box and they do try and challenge uh, Bayern in the midfield. Ninety percent of our games in the league we control midfield anyway, and I know he has I know he has uh, yeah. the ability to uh, to play a pass no one expects. And to, but but when I say we don't need him, what I mean is we've just won the league uh, by twenty odd points, you know. We have a really strong midfield, and we have very creative fullbacks. It's a, I'm not. I mean, no disrespect to Thiago; he's an absolutely world class player. But Liverpool aren't going to just buy him for the sake of it. 
they're going to buy him if he's going to play a player 29 oh, at the yeah. peak of his career, world class. He's going to expect his move is, is going to be to play in every single game. So that means one of our midfielders has to drop out. And if Ginny's going to stay for another season, I don't know whether we can facilitate all of those midfielders, especially Kate needs minutes as well. I mean, it's make a break for his career this season as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people yeah, I mean, we've made, we've made a massive investment, haven't we, in Naby Keita? And, you know, it, it, we've, we've got to try and kind of not, ne- not, not necessarily rescue that investment, but at least give it, give it another go because the injuries have, have stopped his, um, momentum at various stages when he's looked like he's going to, um, deliver for us. And when, I mean, even we've seen it on, on Saturday, you know, he comes off the bench. He's come off the bench a few times recently and looked, you know, our brightest player within within a few minutes. Um, and he and he is a potential player who can who can unlock defenses from midfield um, and, and link up play with that with that front three. So you know, I think I think we will be trying to to to, to get the best out of 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 Naby this year. Um, uh, I think. You know, in some ways, a little bit of a surprise that Milner's still still hanging around. You know, I suppose there was a lot of thought that he would he would move on, but at the same time, we've we've lost you know some characters um, around the squad, and you don't want to lose all of those characters around the same time. And maybe there's maybe there's there's there's, there's a, a coaching job further down the line for Milner, and 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 he'll give it another season on the pitch. Um, interesting what you say about Wijnaldum. I mean, it never really occurred to me till you're just saying there now that maybe this Cumin thing has been in the pipeline for a little bit of time, and obviously through the internet, the time that they would have spent together on the international um, scene, that that certain conversations had taken place, and that's been within Wijnaldum's thought process about stalling on signing that contract extension and it would kind of make a little bit of of, of sense in some ways but um mm. but look i mean i, I guess the, the 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 crux of this is going to be if we get to the leeds game and we haven't signed tiago or or someone else and you know the first three games don't go the way that we would like them to go i mean do you see any kind of you know, if we go, maybe if we go in, you know, if FSG take one approach, do you see them maybe doing a U-turn if things don't go so well in the first three games? Yeah, look, we've seen we've seen them in the past responding to to fans' pressure, but that's when there's a there's a rationale beside it, and it's not just uh, children carrying on on social media. If there's a need for, and it, it, you know, if the panic button does need to be to be pressed. Yeah, it's very it's very realistic that they could turn around and change their mind. The transfer window doesn't close till what late October, is it? Am I right? Yeah, it's well into yeah. October. Yeah, well, in, well into the season. So yeah. our begin our start of the season could yeah. very well dictate whether they go out and uh, and do make a few changes. You know, um, that's why people feel like everything's slow at the moment, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And uh, there's a lot to happen. There's a lot of you know, there's a dynamo effect out there as well in terms of spending and where the money goes around Europe. Where people come in and, and uh, make bids on our players like 
when Alden to Barcelona could easily happen. I mean, hmm. I guarantee you if when Alden to Barcelona happened, we signed Thiago. Hmm. So a lot depends on, on other things. Like yeah. teams like Leeds are spending money. But they've they've they're coming into the Premier League. They're they're being introduced to revenue they've ne- they haven't experienced in in a, over a decade. Um, they've there's teams like Chelsea who who have a massive gap to bridge. Arsenal, City mm. have want to win uh, the Champions League. What's our gap? We need to we, we need to bridge. We had 96, 97 points the season before our last, and ninety nine points last season. You know where do you you have to be very careful where you spend your money and yeah. what what when you spend you know when you spend it we could we could need to spend our money more next season you know because it'll be it might be clearer where our weaknesses are but right now we have a team that's peaking and our our strongest eleven is good enough to beat anyone in the world right now so I don't think people are going to see. The, the the likes of the you know the Werners coming in, um because our, our eleven doesn't need to be really strengthened, and Thiago I just feel only comes in if there's a, if someone leaves leaves that mid that eleven. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. But centre back is a, is an obvious one because Lovren's gone. We've addressed yeah. our left back thing, and I think we just need backup for the front three. Whether that's the likes of Sar, who knows. What I mean, they're they're the three areas that need addressing before midfield. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I was about to come on to the centre back situation. Really, I mean, I I, I would would forgo signing Thiago or someone else in midfield. I much prefer to have someone come in who is a credible number three slash number two centre back. Really, because. Uh, another thing that Saturday illustrated really was that it didn't really take much of a scenario to end up with Fabinho playing um, in in a in a in a in a sort of back three really or yeah. alongside BVD. Um, it is a little bit worrying when you think about the injury histories of, um, and I know it wasn't an injury um, to Gomez that that resulted in this, but um, you know injury, you know, an in, the injury record of Gomez, the injury um, record of Matip. Um, like, we, you know, we we obviously let Lovren go and we're all happy enough to see Lovren go, but surely we need someone to come in um, without naming names. Um, Gar, I mean, would you, would you, would you, would you be of that opinion also? Yeah, I said it. I said it many times. The last couple of months on here, we we do need, you know, as you've touched on, with regards to Gomez's fitness, like there's, you know, there, there is a cloud hanging over him. Um, you know, Van Dijk got a cut in the eye last week, and I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh shit, Van Dijk's injured. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it it it's just, you know, it causes panic straight away, um, and the. There's no one else to come in from in that squad at the moment, lads. Let's be honest. And you don't want to be playing Fabinho as your as your centre back. No. Um. So as Andy said, we do need we we do need the boy in that area. I would I would say it's urgent. Uh, to be honest with you, but but then again, we're not getting linked with many centre halves really. I suppose the Thiago thing has, has taken the last couple of months. I know we've 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 been linked with Ben White for 
want that voice and and that guy yeah, Diego Carlos also yeah. Um, but it, it is you know it's 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 probably it's crucial we do get another centre half in. Yeah, what one thing I mean, um, epic ledger there saying Fabinho to centre back is a Fernandinho type of mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's not just a, you know slotting them back. It's what you it's what you're taking away from you know his his best position yeah. and what he gives in that midfield. You know, you're taking um, you're taking him away from that role as well at the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, what 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 I'm what what I'm what I'm hoping for really in in this situation at the moment is a Fabinho type of you know signing almost out the blue you know under the radar something that hasn't had the you know the weeks and weeks of speculation like a Tiago or even a a Saar which keeps um, coming and going I'm just hoping that behind the scenes the club are doing um, the necessary. Um, you know, due diligence to bring someone in um, that 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 is going to give us that that depth that I think this season is going to is going to need more than ever because obviously we're going to be playing a condensed a condensed season as well and and we're gonna we're gonna be looking you know to win you know not just the league but 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 the Champions League. Um, I think one thing that the, the the Champions League illustrated this season. Um, Bayern clearly were the best team in Europe, but really, it was if we'd have been in that, if we'd have been in that mix, um, we could easily have been European champions again. So we're going to want to try and, you know, regain that 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 European crown as well, aren't we, Andy? And that's going to take, I think, a little bit more depth than we've got at centre back. And as you were touching on in that front three, yeah. Um... I mean, at the beginning of the season, season that the um, the games don't come as taken fast as as it comes out, you know, when the Champions League games start back up. So uh, there is time for Klopp to think about it. I look, I honestly do think he gets supported by the owners. If he wants a player, he wants backups, he will get them. And uh, I've, those yeah. those lines about COVID and the uncertainty in look, they're just to make t- make a. Uh, Make our opposition teams think we don't have money. You're hardly going to go around saying that we've lost money. We just don't want to spend it. They're going to like they they play the they play they box clever when they go into any any uh, transfer. They want to get a player for five ten million cheaper, and they want to get a little bit extra when they're selling players as well. They got a little bit extra from Lovren that we all expected. Leave that business to them. I've no I've absolutely no doubt. That if if uh, if Klopp wants wants enforcers, you get them. The other the only worry is, I think he was going to let Lovren go towards the end of the transfer window last season. Only I can't remember what happened when Lovren got injured or Lovren decided to stay. But Klopp was prepared to go into the season last year with one less centre back. So does he see Fabinho as an option to slot back in there or Wijnaldum or someone else when we don't get tested in a lot of games? I don't know, but I mean, I'd, I would, I would hate for that to be the case, because Fabinho's, you know, strengths are up high in the pitch when he's winning the ball up in the on the halfway line or yeah. in the opposition's yeah. half. What are you getting now, Fabinho as a centre back? You know that can't be one of our options. So look, 
I, I hope we do business, but that's where that's where I want to see it getting done. And I, look, if Klopp if Klopp wants it done, he, he will. I'm sure he, I'm sure he will. And as you say yourself, you you get these signs coming in out of blue that nobody was was talking about. Um, so we might sign Thiago, but we might sign two or three other players that will excite the fans. Yeah, I think I think the reason that Roma transfer fell through is because uh, someone sent a, a YouTube compilation over to them of uh, front foot Degsy. Was that um, free <laughs> well, he's on free kicks now, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah. may, you know, maybe we missed a trick there. Maybe we did miss a trick and we didn't deploy him um, in his in his best position, which is uh, which is trying to smash one in from thirty yards. Come here, can I just I just want to uh, comment there um, from Judy Mania saying that Klopp really wanted Werner and we missed out on him. Uh, we missed out on Thiago too. I'm going to be afraid it won't be. Fucking comments gone. Won't be long. Won't be long before the others follow. That's mm. absolute bollocks. Sorry, Judy. Werner's <laughs> <laughs> um, gone to Chelsea for two hundred and seventy thousand uh, a week. <laughs> that would that would break. You know that that would bring that kid into Liverpool and be earning higher than Henderson, uh, earning higher than Van Dijk, Salah, Mane. Like he just didn't align what Liverpool are trying to do at the moment. Mm. The only way that transfer was going to ever happen is that Liverpool could have gotten for less, for, you know, for the 50 million and not with that stupid agent fee as well. And that he could have come in on a hundred grand a week mm. and, and earned, earned his right to earn over 200 grand a week. As soon as Chelsea came in, a guaranteeing yeah. a first team football every week. It's a bit of a no-brainer for him. I don't blame the owners. It's just the opportunity that he gets at Chelsea. He had coming to Liverpool. He has to uh, try and get in ahead of Salah or Mane or for uh, or or Bobby. Realistically, it wasn't the best move for him, and he would have uh, look. He's gone. He's gone to Chelsea there, and he's made it. Mm. So you can't blame the owners on that, really. Yeah, gonna, I think I think so much money in a player that mightn't play every single week. I think a mark of the fella, to be fair, in terms of what his Chelsea, you know. What's that? Chelsea are going to play last man back this season, but it looks like it's right <laughs> the keeper or defenders. So just Thiago Silva. Yeah, just Thiago Silva in there for, for, one, for one last <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, no, I think kind of the mark of, of the man when it comes to Werner was that, you know, obviously he, he got dangled that 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 carrot, that two hundred and seventy grand a week, and he was he was off like a shot. I mean, he didn't even hang around to potentially win a Champions League uh, medal. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, like you know what what to me that that you know that says an awful lot when you just walk out on a on a on, right. on, on, on yeah. your club that like that. Yeah, it says an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're I mean, walk out with that, you know. I mean, the, you know, the one thing. Oh, we don't want that in my squad. No, no, not at all. And the one thing you can relevant of where Thiago goes. Um, the one thing you say about him is he clearly has not entertained anything around uh, a transfer that would that distracted them from winning that Champions League. Do you know what I mean? And you're seeing him 
you know, even yeah. when he when he'd been substituted and uh, you know the camera was going on him and some of the other lads on the sideline, you know how much he wanted that um, Champions League and and I, I can you know you could tell you know furthest thing from his mind over those last sort of few weeks were was where he was going to make the most money. Do you know what I mean? Um, he 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 let his talk and be yeah. be done on the pitch. And uh, if you know if we do if we do end up with a player like that, then to me that's the type of player that you want in your in your squad and coming in. Not not a fella who's you know away on his toes for two hundred and seventy grand a week at the first opportunity. Um, so. Um, so any anything I mean any any other names linked with us that have caught anyone's attention over the last few days um or 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 are, you, are we getting a little bit kind of fed up with all of the transfer talk at this stage Yeah no you can see so many names even if you go into the official site and you look at you know the media and uh, what what they're saying you'll you'll see different names every single yeah. day um yeah look Oh yeah, the star, the star ones won't begin. Yeah, and the only thing about the star one, I don't, I don't see, I don't see they for him, Andy. No, no, and and the thing about it is, whoever we do sign to cover that front tree, it's not going to be someone who's going to be going to the Afcon as well. No, no, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, all things considered, when you balance that yeah. one up, um. Uh, Brewster, I mean, do we think Brewster goes out? Is he a certainty to go yeah. out on loan, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think so. When Klopp was asked about it, um, I think his answer was along the lines, whether he can get the opportunities he needs here or elsewhere, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to make our mind up. Um, I just, as much as I'd love him to stay and to get the chances, I just don't think he's in Klopp's plans like that. Mm. Um, there's... There's too much standing in his way in the likes of Minamino. Arigi's still there. Um, and unfortunately, if Brewster's ever going to have a Liverpool career, he needs to kind of prove himself now. And he, his chances his chance to do that might be in the Premier League with a, with a long move to Sheffield United he's being linked with. It could be best for him. Yeah, it would be interesting to see him in the Premier League, wouldn't it? I mean, that's... You know, he did kind of prove himself as uh, a kind of a, a championship uh, player. And I'm not sure there's an awful lot to gain from seeing him go back into the championship and score 25 to, 25 to 30 goals on a full season in the championship. It would be, I think, more beneficial to see him at uh, another Premier League uh, club, do we think Origi goes? There's some comment there coming in. Origi should be sold. Do we think Origi goes? I'd say yeah. I mean, I, any of those kind of squad I'll backup back, players. Yeah, does not an offer comes in. Car. I think he, yeah. I think I think same as Andy. I think if an offer in for him, that's that suits the club. I think he he definitely is one of the ones that goes him. Um, I think uh, Harry Wilson goes um, again, depending on on offer that comes into the club. Um, I think they're the two that you possibly see go out for for big enough money. Uh, I would have thought, in regards to Brewster, I would have thought 
he might have been in a sort of a backup for the front three, but then bringing him on for a couple of minutes the weekend, I think was a was a bit of an eye opener for me. I think if mm. he had been in the manager's thoughts, I think it would have um about seventy minutes. Uh, give, give him more minutes. I, I think now I, I was on the other side. I was on the other side of it that he stays and he's and he backs up that front three. But now I think having seen that the weekend, I think he's. I think he possibly goes on on loan. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of smacked really of not putting him in harm's way and potentially picking up an injury that would have scuppered a kind of yeah. uh, low move. You know, as you say, I, I was, you know, it's a kind of perfect scenario in some ways for him to come and make a name for himself and be a hero when we were losing that game. But it, but he didn't, he, you know, at a time when we needed to score a goal or two. Um, there was no sign of him coming on, so that 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 kind of probably told you all you needed to know there. Um, uh, Harry Wilson, you're saying there definitely, you think definitely goes Shakiri. There's not been not been any strong links yeah. at this point. You think Shakiri goes? Go. I think if the new the Newcastle bids had a come in after the club had been taken over, I think there was a big link there, wasn't there? Um, there's been a couple of foreign clubs, but I think he stays. Again, he's been talked up by Klopp in in a recent <laughs> interviews as I read. So, um, and he's he's given it a big one in in the preseason interviews himself. So, I, th- I think he stays. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, let's not let's not forget he was a fairly he was a cheap buy at the end of the day. Uh, hard to say what kind of uh, what what sort of wages he's commanding, but like we didn't we didn't we didn't invest an awful lot to have a squad player like that on our books, did we, Andy? No, no, um, we didn't. Uh, look, I just think there's 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 a handful of players in the squad who who a bid comes in, um, they will take it. You know, they're they can improve, definitely improve on what we have yeah. on the bench. Like everyone, everyone accepts that. We have a really, really strong 11 to 14, 15 players, but we can certainly improve on what's, what's to come in. And we've had, we've seen Shaq have injuries and Erigi, you know, when he starts, doesn't really impress. So I think that's what Klopp means. Like there's a lot to happen. You know, these are the type of players that have bids do come in. They're just going, they'll buy players that are more suited. Like, I think that's right. Shaq never really suited our. You know our um, our setup, our how club makes us play. Yeah, it's funny though when Shaq has kind of featured, he has he has he has all, he has this knack of making some kind of contribution, doesn't he? Um, and and sometimes you have to have these players who are prepared to be squad players and play their bit parts at certain points. Might only yeah. be might only be eight to ten games, but in certain scenarios. You kind of have to rely, you know, rely upon them because of injuries or suspensions or just sheer kind of numbers of games or or trying to make your way through cup competitions. So um, the, the, there is a case for keeping hold of some of these players. I guess a bit like you know we 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 got various use out of Lalana over the last uh, two or three seasons, and even and even. Um, and even Lovren to an extent um, prior to him going. I mean, one of the other things before we uh, finish up on, there was some comments come in there about um, uh, Matt Doherty would have been a, a great kind of backup sign and 
to Trent. I don't think Matt Doherty would have seen himself as, no. you know, wanting to move uh, as a backup to anyone really at this stage in his career. And I think that was a pretty, a pretty yeah, decent yeah, he move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, he's at that point. Know, and, he only knows somewhere from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's about like he's about right. he's about yeah, to cement. He's about. Yeah, Matt Doherty's about to cement a, a permanent place in the Ireland team as well. Like he's hardly going to go somewhere that he's not going to be, you know, playing uh, yeah. frequent first team football. Um, he either stays at Wolves or he he goes somewhere where he where he thinks he's going to make his mark. And that's that's the kind of balancing act that Klopp has at the moment. And it's been really the last few years, and he's been really good. Yeah, I mean he's he's been, you know, he's chipped in with important goals and you know, but 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 I guess what I was coming on to was um Sunday, you know, there was every indication really that that Nico really isn't he's not really yet there to to provide uh the cover. And I think the problem we're gonna have is whenever teams if you know, if we get to a scenario where teams see Nico Williams on the team sheet they're going to look to target him. Uh, they're going to look to to to, to make hay um, on that side. Um, and it's a little bit worrying that we are kind of in this. We've obviously bought the backup for 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 Robbo, but um, without Trent in the side, um, we're going to be automatically uh, weakened, aren't we, Andy? And it's hard to see. It's hard to bring in suitable cover for for a player like Trent. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's it. That's the kind of balancing act that Klopp has when he's trying to make signings to come in as backup. You can't buy players like Werner to come in as backup. You can't buy players like Thiago without kind of a one-in, one-out sort of thing. A player that comes comes in, and, and like you're not going to get uh, Doherty's an established Premier League player in to play second fiddle to Trent Alexander-Arnold. So mm. you have to look to your, your youth or buy someone uh, that's prepared to come in that's not quite at that level. But like, give Williams a chance. You know, he's only started to get minutes now and teams target Trent anyway. Hmm. And we've, we've managed to mop up with the pace of yeah. Gomez when he's played there. Um, so, and again, 90, 90% of the games were not really... Defending, uh, so and, and we've seen Williams. He's he's quality going forward. He's such a good uh, use of the ball, and he can learn that position uh, more and more from Trent. So I'm not too concerned about about that at all. Um, I guess the one you thing know, you would uh, say, Simicus could cover right back as well. Yeah, the one thing in uh, Nico's defense is is that you're not, you know. He's not going to be put in a scenario where he's up against the Bamiang every time he plays or gets a start or comes off the bench. I mean, it was, you know, he's up against one of the best, isn't he? Let's face it. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's where a Bamiang, you know, does a lot of damage. Yeah. And he is a midfielder in the fancy football this, uh, this really season. Weird. Which really is, weird. Um, uh, some players being forwards and some players being midfield. It doesn't add up. Yeah. So, um, look, are we before we wrap up? We're, 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 we're an hour and a half in um, fancy football. I've seen a few uh, comments come through the, the the chat. Is there a is there a code for the fantasy uh, football? There was certainly one last year, so I would imagine 
um, that we will have a, a code available over the next uh, week or so, uh, so we can uh, we can get in a, a, a league, and uh, I'm sure we'll see on the chat at various points through the season. Um, people shouting out their particular team. So look, we're going to wrap up. Um, it's been good to get back um, uh, on the club uh, where it all started, where Andy uh, was one of the founding fathers um, on this podcast and blow-ins like Grizz um, were just mere mortals and watching uh, the magic be established <laughs> by uh, <laughs> by the likes of Andy, Phil, Steve-O and all those lads. So look, we're looking forward to another massive season uh, for the champions. Defending that Premier League title um, is uh, the primary mission. And, and look, we, we'll have plenty of time to, to, to talk about transfers. Uh, Gav will be back. Keith will be back. There's been a few people in the um, in the chat who've been uh, looking for Keith. He has been behind the scenes. Um, he was watching some trash TV, um, <laughs> which meant he couldn't come on tonight. Um, so he does have a life outside of this podcast, believe it or he not. Pro- he promised the missus a Netflix and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he had to stay true to his word. Um, he's there. Uh, He's dipped into uh, the, the world of football management, uh, and uh, he's fresh. Neil win yesterday as well. So, uh, big congrats! Oh, really? To yeah. Pete. An up and coming coach on the yeah, Dublin yeah, he's, youth he's, he's, he's circuit. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming along. He's coming along. myself and, and Paddy Lawson. So, uh, we're going to name it to uh, Trippers FC soon. Oh. <laughs> Very oh, good. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Watch, watch this space. Yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna wrap up with a few comments. Chris Nicholson is gonna gonna go off to pray to the mighty Grizz before mm. before bedtime. Um, um, we've got one in here. Ole's gonna be sacked by Christmas. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to to come on to our rivals, and we might actually spend a bit of time next week. Uh, on some of the some of the dealings that the likes of Chelsea United Arsenal have been doing um so look um it's been brilliant to be back um so from me Ray from Andy from Gar we'll see you all next week Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green. Today, All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.